Welcome back to the Dr. Sex Fairy Podcast. I am Dr. Kamal Bhava and I am here to transform your life. Today we will discuss anal sex. While anal sex is becoming more mainstream, it is still somewhat uncomfortable for most people to discuss. Let's first talk about how popular it's getting. According to Pornhub, the search volume for anal sex videos between 2009 and 2015 increased by 120%. According to National Health Statistics reports by the Centers for Disease Control or the CDC, published in January 2016, 35.9% of women and 42.3% of men have had anal sex. According to many studies, those numbers are much higher. I am joined by Dr. Caleb Jacobson today. Dr. Jacobson is an internationally recognized clinical psychologist, sex therapist, and biblical scholar. He chairs the ASEX Special Interest Group on Sexuality and Religion and is the host of the very popular Sex Therapy Podcast. And most importantly, he is my friend. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast again. Thank you so much for having, you know, people are thinking, what is the Bible scholar doing talking about anal sex? It's because <laughs> a lot of religious people are anal about sex, right? Like, I know. Topic. <laughs> you know, we have crazy lives, you and I, my friend. Right. We have crazy lives. But these are important topics. People they ask are so us. Important. They yes. are so important. And like you said, so many people are searching for anal sex, right? Like this is a popular I don't even know that it's a trend. I think people are just a little more comfortable talking about it and exploring it and fantasizing about it. Anal sex has existed for centuries. This is nothing new. Not at all. Do you know that in the ancient Near East, anal sex was a form of birth control? How so about in that? times, anal sex was actually used for birth control. Interesting. See? Kind of cool, right? A biblical scholar can speak about <laughs> anal sex, you see? Give yourself credit. Now, what are some of the common things that your patients worry about when it comes to anal sex? You know, the number one thing is, and, and you're right, there's, there's a lot of anxiety around anal sex, right? The most common thing is probably it'll hurt. Like, I hear that so often. It's going to be painful. I would like to do it. But it's going to be it's going to be terrible. How am I going to get over this? That's number one. The number second thing is they have a lot of anxiety over whether it's going to be messy. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, um, or that having anal sex may cause problems with incontinence later on in life. Right. Or that they're going to lose something up there. Like that's kind of <laughs> like they're going to lose it. I always say I always tell people that. The uh, vagina is like a cul-de-sac, but the <laughs> anus is like a highway. All right? Oh, my God. You're so funny. Stuff gets in there and gets lost. Yeah. No, that's good. And what are some of the things that people who are interested in anal sex need to be aware of when they're exploring anal play? Well, a lot of what I just said, like when it, especially when it comes to understanding that the anus isn't the vagina, Okay. And and so they cannot think about the way they do penetrative sex the same with the anus as with as when they are having penile to vaginal sex. So what does this mean? This means first off, you're going to want to use a lot of lubrication. Um, the anus does not self lubricate like the vagina does, and so lubricant is very very important. Now 
The choice of lubricant is up to you. I have found between working with clients and hanging out with porn stars that the best lube to use for anal sex is probably <laughs> silicone lubricant. You're killing I me. Joke, <laughs> I always joke like the crowd of people I hang around with are like rabbis and porn stars. Okay. Oh my God. Like that's weird, so funny. The weird group. Uh, but silicone lube is often best because it doesn't have to be reapplied over and over again. And so a lot of people find that that makes it more comfortable. So Step number one is using lubricant. The other thing is you cannot just go for it when you have anal sex, that it's important that the anus is relaxed and comfortable and you don't try to go from, you know, one centimeter to, you know, five inches, you know, like at one time. I'm talking circumference. Um, So you want to prepare when it comes to having anal sex. And what do you think is good preparation? So I advocate that people who are interested in anal sex learn to relax. Like it takes a lot of relaxation. Um, I tell them not to just shove it in, right? Like if you just shove it in, this causes what I have labeled as anal trauma. Okay. I've coined the phrase here on the Dr. Sex Fairy Show, anal trauma, meaning that if you just try to shove your penis into an anus, that anus is going to tighten up tighter than a blue tick hound. I mean, it is going to be, you're not going to get anything in or out. And that's going to cause problems in future sexual encounters. So anytime it's going to cause a lot of pain, you may even have trauma about this that is making anal sex difficult. So it's important to spend time trying to relax the anus, maybe playing on the outside of the anus for a bit, Uh, then slowly maybe using your finger or something smaller to stick inside of the anus so that the anus recognizes, you know, this isn't going to be painful. This, this is, this can, this can be pleasurable. There are a lot of nerve endings on the outside of the anus. So why do people want to have anal sex? Well, there are nerve endings there that make it enjoyable. So try to do the things that are enjoyable instead of trying to do things that could cause problems when you're having anal sex. Agreed. In fact, as a medical doctor, something that really scares me is when people go from anal to vaginal sex and back and forth, because that is such a terrible idea, because so many infections can happen from fecal bacteria, from UTIs to much more serious issues. And I always say, if you are going to be having anal sex and you're going back and forth, then you need to change your condom. And if you're not using a condom, I think, well, that's a bad idea, period, in this situation. So I always, I always tell them you can always go from the penis to the butt, but you can never go from the. Or I'm trying to say again. I'll try that again. I always <laughs> say you. I always say you can go from the vagina to the anus, but you can never go from the anus to the vagina. Absolutely, because okay? as you say, there is bacteria. I also caution people against sharing anal toys because your biological makeup is different than someone else, and if you are inserting an item inside your anus that's been in someone else's, this can cause some of the same issues as you have. Same with going, using an anal toy inside of the vagina. Not a good idea. Tell me about some of the other dangers of sex toys used in an anal situation. Biggest problem is when people do not use an anal toy that has a flared base, okay? They might use 
whatever they find around the house, or they might use just a regular vibrator that doesn't have a flared base. And if it doesn't have a flared base, there's nothing to stop it from going up that highway I talked about a little bit earlier, right? Then you're going to have to make a trip to the emergency room and get this pulled out. I have often know so many people who have used household objects in the anus. And I'm not saying that you can't pleasure yourself with stuff in your household if that's what you're into. But I'm saying there are certain items like a candle or a cucumber that because the anus is so tight, it is going to break off inside of you. And of, I cannot tell you the number of clients who have told me that a cucumber has broken off in their anus and they had to try to push that out. Okay. You don't want that type of anxiety. So if you're going to do that, put a condom on it and then use it. Do you know how much experience I have with this situation? I'm a board certified ER doctor as well. And oh my God, I have stories. Oh my God. I never thought this episode was going to go in this direction, but of course it is. (laughs) I am the queen of butt stuff because I have had patients come in with vibrators still vibrating up their butt. And what you said is so critical with the flared base because these things can be lost up there. And one of my patients came in and his wife said, this was a heterosexual couple with the wife doing this to the male. Mm-hmm. And apparently... Very popular. Yeah. And, so popular. Yeah, and so they said that she lost the string. Now, I didn't know that sex toys came with strings, but strings are easy to lose, and that's why the actual shape being flared is so much safer. Right. So they've come in with vibrators still vibrating. They've come in a couple of days later, having taken Miralax, hoping they'll poop it out. In fact, it has the opposite effect sometimes. I've had to send people to the OR because it traveled up the uh, intestinal tract and went all the way up. And let me tell you, for people who are listening, who are worried about what we talked about at the very beginning, about like incontinence or problem with the, with the, with the muscles in the anus being able to contract. Um, and we could talk a little bit about the myth about anal stretching and about how stretching the muscle doesn't mean that muscle becomes longer. It just means it becomes more flexible. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk about uh, losing control of your bowels, when you have to have surgery on your intestines and, and to remove some of these items, this is when you begin to have problems biologically with, with your anus. Yes. And I just looked up that episode Episode seven, sex sent them to the ER. You should listen to it. It's good stuff. I did a whole episode about this. That's great. Yeah. And let's talk about couples who come to you when maybe one wants to explore anal play and one says, oh, hell no, this is a one-way thing only. You know, I I often advocate that clients are – comfortable sharing their boundaries with their partners. I think boundaries are a beautiful thing. I don't think boundaries are oppressive. I think boundaries are necessary. Okay. So if you have a very strong boundary about anal sex, I would ask myself, why do I have this boundary? Why do I have this value? Okay. Now you may find that the reason you have it is based upon a myth about anal sex uh, you may feel that you have this because it's just not something, it's a turnoff for you, right? 
And once you discover whatever the reason is, you can then share that with your partner. And then you can maybe come up with an idea of way to compromise. Maybe the compromise is like you discussed this husband and wife. Maybe the compromise is that the woman pegs the husband instead of the husband penetrating the woman. Or maybe the man says, well, I would just like to be able to touch you there, not penetrate you there. And this might be okay for the couple, right? Like it's important to have open dialogue and discussion and to be able to compromise. And when I say compromise, I'm not talking about pushing your partner. If you do this for me this time, next time I'll never ask again. That's not a compromise. I'm saying to find something that both of you feel comfortable with, are happy with, and are willing to do together. What about butt plugs? Are they like a gateway drug into anal sex? So I don't think that butt plugs are the best way to begin anal sex. So the idea is that a butt plug, uh, you would start with a smaller one and then move up, right? And B-Vibe makes a beautiful set of beginner anal butt plugs that move up in size. However, the problem with a butt plug is the shape. So the shape starts out small, it gets kind of large, and then it gets small again before having the tapered base, right? So the anus is actually sitting on the small part of the butt plug, okay? So it's not sitting on one of the girthier parts of it. So it's not helping to stretch or relax the anal muscles at all. The anus is still on the smallest part of this plug. This creates two problems. One, when you pull it out after it's been in for a while, for some people, they find that very painful. Um, some people might even enjoy the pain, though. So I, I've heard people say that, but some people, they don't like the pain when they pull it out. If it's been in for a lengthy period of time, the lube's kind of dried up. Um, again, the other problem is that it is not helping to stretch the anus. So you go from the small one And then you go to push in the larger one and your anus hasn't stretched any. And then by the time that finally gets all the way in, the anus closes up again at the bottom. If you think about a medical dilator, dilators are the exact same size all the way up and down. That's because with medical dilators, we recognize that you need to have that girth at the opening, not just internally. And so there are, there are products that are being manufactured now that I would really recommend for people who are interested in a better alternative to a butt plug. Now, again, some people like the idea of butt plug for the pleasure sensation. They could put it in, wear it all day long, and, and then pull it out. Like, and then when they're sitting or whatever, they, they get some internal stimulation. But this is not the best idea for anal prep. Now, another issue that comes up with anal sex is hemorrhoids. And that can be a, a big, big turnoff for some people or a reason why they don't want to explore anal sex. So interestingly, if you have proper anal sex, again, I'm talking about the anus is relaxed. You've practiced, you've, you, you're using lubricant, you are... Um, doing things to stretch the anus like dilators, or there's a great company out now called Odila, uh, O-D-I-L-E. And they make an item that a dilator that you insert and you don't have to remove it while it is inserted. You could turn the key and it expands in size. Okay. This is a fantastic product for people 
who are interested in anal play and wanting to explore that. People who are practicing anal sex properly and you are training the anus to relax more, you have less of a chance of having hemorrhoids. And for people who have hemorrhoids, this a lot of times does alleviate the the pain from the hemorrhoids or alleviate the hemorrhoids altogether. Yeah, and then they can also come to doctors like me and get prescriptions for stronger medications and just preparation H or something over the counter. Absolutely. So that can help as well. Now, do you think that a lot of your patients are sometimes also worried about getting into anal sex because they think it may make them more gay appearing or is it that stigma all the time? I don't necessarily know that it's all the time, but it is very common that men who are heterosexual who fantasize about anal sex are worried that that would make them gay. When interestingly, um, my good friends at WeVibe created a product a few years ago called The Vector, which they actually released on Father's Day. They had a big event somewhere in, I don't remember if it was in Finland or Norway, somewhere like that. They had a big event. They released the product on, on, on Father's Day. And a lot of women were buying them for their husbands, right? You mentioned um, in one of our past episodes about how ejaculation helps reduce prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. And the same is true with prostate stimulation. When you're stimulating the prostate, you do reduce the risk of prostate cancer. So it's not uncommon for a man to want to stimulate his prostate. And there is no correlation between prostate stimulation and sexual orientation. And what position works well for most of your patients who are into anal sex? Is there such a thing? Yeah. So I would tell them not to roll up in a ball and do it right. Like any way they could do it where they're laying comfortably. Again, I think, especially if they're beginning, what's very important is that they are comfortable and they're relaxed. So I would tell them to try a position where you're comfortable and you're relaxed, whether it is laying on your back, laying on your side, laying on your stomach, whatever makes you most comfortable. Um, Also, another thing to take into account is mobility, right? Like, so some people have trouble with uh, being able to reach a toy to their anus. Um, I would suggest using something like a liberator wedge pillow, Um, so that you can position your body comfortably with your limited mobility so that you can do that safely. But whatever you do, if you do have limited mobility, don't think because you finally reached it, you need to hurry up and shove the toy in. Avoid that. Let's talk about givers and takers. This is a very common term used to describe the gay population and more of a, you know, who's on top, who's at the bottom situation. And do you think there's a particular reason why somebody chooses to be one or the other? So I did an episode of my podcast on this not too long ago. And there is currently a movement in the gay community to push back against these labels of like top and bottom as though their entire sexuality is is relegated to the act of penetration, okay? 
truth of it is there are a lot of people who are gay who are versatile, meaning they like to penetrate and be penetrated. And there are a lot of people who don't like to be penetrated at all or don't enjoy anal play at all, just like heterosexual couples. So I really try to avoid using these um, these titles. I think they are very outdated and are based solely on an understanding of sex as having to be penetrative. Because sex is so much more than just a penetrative act. Absolutely. It's the whole it's the whole package that matters. And you really cannot have good sex without the rest of it anyway, in my opinion. Totally, totally. And you know, that that's one of the things that I see with couples often is at various points of their relationship, uh, sex is very different, right? Like they're not able to perform the same way they were when they were 19, right? Like our bodies change, our likes, our dislikes change, all of this change. What's important and what's important about sex is that it helps couples connect emotionally physically and, and, and psychologically. Yes. Agreed on all, on all of those factors. Now, something I find very interesting is the concept of pegging, which is a woman wearing a strap on and penetrating the male. It's a very different dynamic than the usual, you know, man being superior to the woman situation. Yeah, it's very common. And if you think about it, it's very similar to the idea of BDSM, right? Like when we talk about like bondage, and we talk about people who are into kink. Um, it is the idea uh, you're playing with gender role reversal. You're playing with submission and domination. You're playing with these very different factors, which to some people is very arousing and enjoyable. Now, what do you think is the difference between anal sex in porn and anal sex in real life? That's probably a, a pretty out there question but it's just i wonder i mean what's the difference is there a difference the number one difference the number one difference is that the porn does not show i always say that porn is great sex entertainment but it's terrible sex education okay so if you're watching porn you don't see the number of edits that take place in the porn studio afterwards okay you don't understand the preparation that these adult entertainers already know and have already undergone before doing some of these things they see on television. Right. Yeah. So you can't just go and have sex the way you see it in porn, because a lot of times you don't see things like lubricant being put on, right. You don't see the relaxation and loosening of the anus, right. It might go straight to the, straight from the vagina straight to the anus and you have not seen that they have spent time you're watching a 30 minute clip that's taken six to eight hours to film yes and so you're missing all of this now going off topic a little we were talking earlier about one of my pet peeves about anal sex and going from anal to vaginal and you talked about how it's safe to go from vaginal to anal but not the other way around as well now, one thing that really scares me, and I'm not exaggerating, I find this really scary, is the thought of oral sex anally. Because just the amount of bacteria and viruses there, that cannot be a good thing. And I don't think enough people sanitize the area before they go licking. So, I understand that, so the title for this is rimming, right? 
a lot of people are really into the idea of rimming. And it goes back to what I said earlier about that the outside of the anus has a lot of nerve endings. So it is very pleasurable. However, you do bring up a good point, and that is that of hygiene. Okay. Yes. Now, I'm sure there's some people listening who are into scat, uh, which they like fecal and urine play. I, I always say don't yuck someone's yum, but these are not areas that I recommend to clients because I do believe it could cause issues and problems, um, some of which you talked about with bacteria and things. So I suggest that couples who are going to practice this shower first. In fact, this is how I would set it up. I would set this up as an activity that the couples can do before the sex begins. I don't necessarily like to use the term foreplay. Let me use, let me use the idea of um, igniting the sexual response cycle. Ooh, that's, that's <laughs> a thought. Igniting. That's good, right? Yeah, yeah that's nice? good. So igniting the sexual response cycle, the couple can shower together or they could bathe together. And this can become something very erotic and passionate that can be a very big turn on. And then they can proceed with oral sex when they are in the bedroom. I also think that uh, if people are worried about this, that this would be a good time to discuss a little bit about douching. Well, when it comes to hygiene, there's this whole concept of douching that I don't necessarily agree with. What are your thoughts about it? So is it necessary? No, not necessarily necessary. You know, the thing is, um, in the beginning, you asked me the question, like, what is people most concerned about? And a lot of times I told you they're concerned with making a mess, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Truth of the matter is sex in itself is kind of messy, right? And that can be fun. It can be fun. There's a lot of fluids. There's a lot of things. You know, if you have, if you have obsessive compulsive disorder or a germaphobe, you're thinking, oh my God, how am I going to make it through this? Right. How am I going to clean up after? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Which is why I recommend a sex sheet. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, for, for douching, um, it is popular and it, the problem is a lot of people don't know how to do it. Yeah. That's the issue. They don't know how to douche and they don't recognize. I mean, some people think, well, I'm just squirting water into my anus. Then this becomes a real problem because then they get in the bedroom after they've squirted water in their anus and the water starts coming out. <laughs> like this is not a good, not good to do it this way, folks. Uh, if you're going to do it, I always tell people insert the water wait a minute or two and then push the water out and you can repeat that until the water comes out clear. There is also um, douches now that are attached to the faucet in your bathtub. I don't typically recommend that because I think the water pressure can be a little bit too strong. Um, If you don't want to do either of those, but you want to really keep clean hygiene wise on the anus, I always recommend using, um, pH balance, wet wipes when using the bathroom. And there are toilet seats, you know, being in Europe, uh, not so much in Germany, but in France, everything, bidets are very popular, Mm -hmm. right? And there are now toilet seats you can buy in the U.S. to attach to your current toilet that not only warms and makes the whole experience very nice, you know, you'll never want to, you think your husband doesn't get off the toilet now, people who are listening (laughs) 
had a nice warm toilet to sit on. He was never oh, going to get up. That's so and funny. Then it, and then it does use water to clean the outside of the anus. So, again, I think the idea is to have good hygiene. And I agree with you. My only fear with douching, whether it's vaginal or anal, is that people don't do it right. So they need to do it safely. You know, I've had people who have come and they've, they've said things like, ah, oh, I, was, I was going to douche anally, so I got the water as hot as possible because I wanted to clean out my insides. And I, I was like, well, you cooked your insides. It's basically oh, my God. Like, That's a burn. That's idea. a thermal burn. My yeah. God. That's terrible. awful. So, Dr. Jacobson, I'm sure that our listeners have lots and lots of questions for you. How can they reach you? So they can find me on any social media at Dr. Caleb Jacobson. That's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of them. Okay. They could find me at the same place. If they have any questions, they can call me at 1-616-DR-CALEB. They can ask their questions. You want to repeat that again for them? Sure. That's 1-616-DR-CALEB. How cool is that? I need a number. What the hell? Why don't I have a number? 1-800-CALL-DR-SEX-FAIRY. How funny would that be? No, this is this is such a great episode because we have talked about something that's so taboo, even though so many people are doing it. And you know what? Whether you're into butts, whether you're not, it's good to know about these things. And it's good to have a forum where one can learn sometimes without even asking the question. So they should tune into your podcast and, of course, listen to more of my episodes. And if you don't follow me, follow me and go follow Dr. Jacobson as well on his podcast. It's a great one. Again, it's Sex Therapy Podcast. And if you have questions, email me. You can always email me at askme at drsexfairy.com. I'm sorry, I don't have a number for you yet, but I am going to look into that so I can keep up with my very cool friend. I hope you enjoyed the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast today. I would love to continue this conversation with you. If you would like to get in touch with me, email me at askme at drsexfairy.com. Don't forget to follow this podcast and leave me a five-star review. And make sure you follow my blockbuster hit TikTok account, Dr. Sex Fairy.